0: why do we celebrate the birth of the manifestations or when they declared their mission for the first time or why do we commemorate when they pass away let's have a look at an example that might help us understand this question from a different perspective this is the baha'i stories shortcast in each episode we tell a story or two and then reflect on what we can learn from these stories. The stories are from Baha'i sources, but our reflections are purely our personal understanding. Let's start. I came to think about this question not long ago, and I was thinking how can I present this at the holiday celebration where many friends of the faith were uh, attending? without it sounding a bit too much fundamentalist. So my objective was to find an explanation that would be digestible, even if they didn't agree on the premises, but at least they would say, okay, I don't agree with it, but I understand. And I came across an analogy that was used in Christian literature, and then I read something from the Bob, and I came to think about this question. So why do we celebrate the birth of someone who was born more than 200 years ago in an obscure corner in a faraway country? What's the significance of that? So let's take this analogy, this example, to see if we can get another perspective of this. See, imagine that you love ants, yes? Those little creatures that roam about on the ground. Let's say that you love ants and you create an ant farm. You create your own ant farm. You look over it, you really take care of it, you protect it. I mean, your love of ants is the reason why this ant farm exists. Now, what you do, what you see is that this farm gradually develops and becomes more and more complex. But, There is a little thing here. They live in darkness. In terms of they don't know who created them. They don't know why they were created. They don't know why they exist. They don't understand what their role is. They don't understand what their potential is. What they can achieve and how they can build a peaceful, loving, and a thriving ant farm. They don't know this because they just act on like a program. And this is a loss for them, not having this realization, not knowing where to go. So the greatest gift you, as the creator of this ant farm, can give them is this understanding and knowledge that helps them understand these questions or the answer to these questions. But how do you do that? I mean, you cannot just go and set your foot in this ant farm that would completely destroy them. Neither can the ant farms leave that place to communicate with you. The ants simply cannot understand your reality as a human being. They can't even imagine you. They don't even have the faculties required to even discern a single sign, a single characteristics of you. They don't hear you, they can't see you, they can't feel you. So maybe there are many different ways, but you decide that you want to help the ants understand. You want to make them aware of their own reality, of their potential. And the way you do this is that you insert an ant in this farm that has a special capability that stands out from the other ants in a very special way. And that special way is that the ant can, in its limited form, understand what you're telling it. So you can give instructions to this ant and then this ant can, using the ant way, share this information and convey this message To the other ants now you as a creator have put this special ant that conveys your purpose for the ants that gives the other ants through this special ant knowledge understanding about how they should behave what their potential is how they should organize themselves as an ant farm to create even further to become aware of their own existence This is what you are providing through this special ant. Now, going back to, so why do we celebrate the birth of a manifestation or the declaration of a manifestation? Well, considering that this is the time, the birth, for example, This is the time when one of these very special beings are born into this world, which is the highest reflection of the attributes of God. This is the time where a special being is born into this world that can help us understand our reality, our purpose, how we should do, what we should do, how we can advance and how we can fulfill our potentials. How could we not celebrate this day? If this is the if a declaration is the day where for the first time this special being shared this valuable knowledge with us, how could we not celebrate this? And the day these special beings pass away and leave us, how could we not commemorate such a great loss for humanity? There are two other things I would like to squeeze out of this analogy. Maybe worth, of re, worth some reflection. One is that we, we read in the writings that Baha'u'llah said, I had been consented to be bound in chains so that ye may be free. And I was thinking about what that could mean. Well, maybe this analogy can, gives a, can give a perspective. I'm thinking in this way. If I as a human being would be now confined as an ant, given the knowledge I have, given the experience I have of everything, just sitting here and recording a a podcast with these digital technologies, and then I am confined to the realm of ants, Me with this knowledge, how frustrating it must be, how difficult it must be, how challenging it must be for me to be confined with communicating with other ants in such a limited way where I can't use the language I'm using, the richness of the vocabulary that exists. How difficult that must be. And on top of that, me having this knowledge and I'm trying to tell the other ants of this reality and saying that this ant is the smallest things you can imagine. The world beyond this ant farm is vast. The limitations compared to this ant world is completely gone and they won't understand it and they don't believe it. What they would do is that they would challenge me and they would just say, no, you're just crazy. What you're saying has no basis or worse than that just to protect their little tiny sand dune of three sand corns, they would start persecuting me. They would prison me. They would start physically harming me just because I'm trying to educate them on the reality beyond the ant farm. That must be really challenging to suffer such a thing. Another thing I just wanted to squeeze out of this analogy is something that relates to what the bob says now this is a bit complicated or tricky i'm trying to unravel it myself but i'm going to give it a shot so historically we have two conceptions of god one is called the anthropomorphic one and then the other one is the transcendental conception of god the anthropomorphical one is straightforward the most common one it basically means that you know god is like a human being And as a human being, I have power, but God is the all-powerful, the omnipotent. So the qualities I have, that is basically God, but God is the supreme end of that quality, the highest form of that quality. And of course, this makes God a bit more relatable. The other one is the transcendental conception of God. And in this case, what happens is that God is considered above all attributes, descriptions, limitations, and so forth and so on meaning god is unexplainable it's just no way we can do it maybe maybe the closest we can come to a description or understanding of god is that god is beyond any description or understanding now the bob very beautifully solves this dilemma of saying that both are correct in the sense that first of all anthropomorphic god doesn't exist Uh, That concept is completely rejected by the Bob. But this self-description of God is still valid. So what does that mean? That means that God is undescribable. There is nothing we can do to even get a glimpse of God. But because of this situation, God helps us understand something by describing himself to us. And how does God then describe himself or itself to us? Well, by using what we are familiar with. So in the analogy of the ant, if the ants are going to talk about the concept of God, they would have to talk about God in terms of what they understand. So in their world. God would be the supreme, powerful ant that has antennae that are supremely sensitive and can discern everything. And this ant cannot only lift, I don't know, a t- hundred times its own body weight, it can fly. So that's how ants would describe God, through something that they're familiar with, which is themselves. And this is what I think what the, if I understand it correctly, what the Bob says, that God is completely transcendental and beyond our understanding, but out of his mercy, he describes himself to us using what we are familiar with, our spiritual qualities, our faculties. And that's why we say the all powerful God. Now then one could ask, but then our praise of God, would it be meaningful because it's so insignificant? And here the Bob gives an explanation which is quite nice. He says that, and I'm going to just read from it. For verily, how can thou which thou comprehendest be adequate before God, when thou and whatever thou comprehendest are creatures before God? How can we understand God when we are all creatures of God? But this becomes a bit interesting. Bob says, God is pleased with the ant that praiseth God with two antennae. Inasmuch as the ant is unable to find a higher description to praise God. God accepted the ant by his grace and mercy. And then Bob continues to say, Likewise, thou seest knowledge and power as attributes of perfection and independence. Therefore thou describest God With them. Verily, God glorifieth be, he is pleased with thee and thy praise, notwithstanding his knowledge that none besides him knoweth, and naught but him encompasseth his power. So, this is beautiful in the sense that. Well, God is not, I mean, when we say all-powerful, this is just a description we have of God, but not at all what God is. But God accepts that praise because this is our limitation. This is how we can understand God. Just as the praise of the ant of this mighty two-antenna God is accepted because the ant is not able to praise in any other way.